When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, it's March Madness Week. And what better way to celebrate than talking about the Detroit Lions, of course. This week on the pod, we dive deeper into the free agents, um, both the moves that the Lions have made since our last podcast, plus some free agents still out on the market. Who are the Lions going to try to target? A lot of good stuff. And then we go over the NFL Combine a little bit, this time the offensive players, um, since we didn't get to it last week because of that awesome free agency haul. A lot of good stuff happening in Lions Nation. We're on our way to the Super Bowl, even if the odds makers don't think so, which we talk about a little bit as well. Time for me to go retire on top of a mountain. Let's start this podcast. This is Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, a Detroit Lions podcast, where lifelong Lions fans, UJ, Rudd Dog, Bob, Connor, and I'm your host, Big Z. To talk about your favorite team, the Detroit Lions, where victory isn't just talked about, it's earned. One pride. Let's get this podcast rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's drinking the blue Kool-Aid. It is March 18th, uh, pretty much March 19th. We're recording this at midnight. But we really wanted to get out to our uh, our listeners out there. And I'm joined here with uh, Rudd Dog. What's up, Lions fans? Yeah, just me and Rudd Dog here today uh, on the pod. You know, that, that's how things go in the offseason. You know, the people come and go. Fans. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so Rudd Dog, I mean, we had a, I mean, we had a blast last week with all those free agent signings, one oh, after another. Yeah. It was, in, <laughs> I'm still giddy about it. You know, oh yeah, it's it was unbelievable. But now uh, the Lions have settled down a little bit. They haven't, they haven't, yeah. uh, you know signed as many big names since then but i don't know if if you wanted to read off some of the names that or some of the activity the lines have had since so oh i mean we've had a bunch of visits yeah and it seemed like a carousel of running backs coming in so we had spencer Ware, right and you Malcolm you were Brown. you were kind of reading about spencer Ware a little bit yeah yeah where were you reading about him someone was someone did a little uh cumulative report on reddit and it was it was nice it had a lot of good information about the guy's past and I mean, he's he's a, a thick back. He's a little a little bigger than Riddick, you know. Got about he's about about ten fifteen pounds on Riddick, so you know so this guy can actually bring a little muscle in the run game. Besides his also very quick in the pass game, and uh, I was watching his highlights too. He's he's impressive when he's healthy, and but he hasn't really been healthy very much of his career. So yeah, he's five ten two thirty, um, out of LSU. Um, he's he's 27 years old. He's been in the league for um, four years. He started with Seattle. He doesn't move like he's 230 pounds. He's he's quick. Um, he was always a guy I picked up in fantasy when Kareem Hunt was hurt. <laughs> oh yeah, that's when he didn't do good though. He did good like the year before Kareem Hunt got there, and then Hunt came in I think, and he was injured, and then Hunt was there, and then well he Hunt's the one who got uh 
Yeah, he's the one that kicked the girlfriend in the hotel. Yeah, that, and now he's on the Browns. Only suspended eight games. Well, well, he didn't step. He failed to step up when uh, when that happened. So, I don't know. I like, But as a backup role, uh, as an alternative. I, I mean, that's what he's been. He's been a career backup. At the very least, I don't. I wouldn't mind, you know, kicking the tires with an incentive-laden contract in camp. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what the future holds for Riddick at this point with his uh, – I don't know if just, there's like a there's no I guess it's not exactly uh, quantitative but there's just like a sense that he's lost a step or something or at least lost his effectiveness to some level so I think we definitely want to keep bringing in new guys. Yeah, Spencer Ware had 20 catches out of the backfield last year, 40, uh, 33 the year before that. So he's yeah. definitely a guy that can do a little bit. Well, I saw that the year things. he yeah the 2016 921 rush yards. Yeah, so. plus 400. Plus pass yards. Yep, exactly. So 447 to be exact. Dual, dual threat back. So I wouldn't mind having someone like that if he's, you know, if he's in the right physical s- condition. Yeah, and last year he was expected to step up, uh, I think, a little bit injuries. And then the Damian Williams for Kansas City kind of took his spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he helped me win a fantasy championship, so I wasn't too mad about uh, that yeah. personally. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's nothing to be mad about. Um, so moving on to... Other activity as well. A man named Tommy Lee Lewis visited. He was on Northern Illinois, actually. Um, he played for the Saints for a little bit. He's kind of a guy that does a little bit of everything um, on the offensive side. He's a he could be a receiver, like that fifth string type. He's a punt returner for them as well. Like a little dude. Yeah, he's a he's a really little dude. I didn't see that. Um, him him and Malcolm Brown visited at the same on the same weekend. Uh, and Malcolm okay. Brown's a backup running or was a backup running back for the Rams. He's currently a free agent. Um. He's a little bit bigger um, than Spencer Ware. Yeah, so Malcolm Brown. Oh, <laughs> I I found a different Malcolm Brown right now, but that's the D tackle for the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> He's a lot bigger, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Malcolm Brown for the, yeah, 5'11", 222. A little taller, but lighter. They seem to have a type, though. He, I mean, the Rams are, are looking at. They're yeah, all a little bit. The, the Rams were really excited about Malcolm Brown. He was injured when Todd Gurley kind of went down last year, so they he, they didn't have much in the run. They, he was effective until he got hurt. Um, when he's healthy, he's pretty effective. He's only been in the league for two years, so he's a pretty young guy, 25. What kind of injuries has he had, though? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I believe it was a shoulder injury he had last year. Mm. Um, if my my brother, the Rams fan, if he was here, he'd know. If That's that not said. the most concerning for like a running back. Like you can overcome shoulder injuries. I feel like. Yeah, so the Lions are just looking. Where they're still looking for that other running back. And I, you are a fan of bringing in a veteran, and then having a and drafting a rookie, and then having kind of them compete yeah, out in camp. Why not? Do Bring you want the Lions to actually spend a draft pick, or is it undrafted? Oh, running I, back? I, I would love. To, I would like. I, I I'm a big fan of the Snell in like the mid rounds. I don't know, that mm-hmm. guy's just got some uh, swag, and he was a good player. Yeah, we, I mean, we're watching him, we were watching him together on the New Year's Day game against Penn tore State. Up, he, de- he definitely tore up Penn State in that game. He's a stud. I mean, he was a stud in that game. He didn't, he didn't blow away the combine either. I think he only ran like a four, like a high four five, or something like that. So I mm-hmm. mean, but that's I mean, I don't, I'm not too worried about that. He's not our primary back anyway. You know, I don't. He's got a good burst. You know, I don't need him to be some burner. So another guy the Lions um, signed recently, a guy named Andrew Adams, 26 years old, out of Tampa. Or he was most recently with the Buccaneers. Oh, yeah. Safety. Um, played only 370 snaps last year, but four interceptions. And, I mean, I, I feel Very like good. I'm repeating what a lot of people in the media said, but Bob Quinn literally said this offseason, got to find guys that are actually going to make plays. And this guy did it in a limited amount of snaps. Yeah. And maybe the Lions want to see what he does with more snaps. I'm not sure what their plan is exactly. I think they want to build some depth. That's what it sounds like. I mean, well, it's all yes, it's all about I mean, depth. Because I mean, he's they're signing him in a position where they're not really weak anyway. So I mean, they got they at least feel pretty confident, I believe, in in starting the season with Diggs, and uh, and Tracy Walker back there. But you know, I think they definitely want some sort of uh, fail safe against Tracy Walker because at this point, as much as he's shown to be on the rise, you, you can't trust projections. You know, so. You gotta have a proven, more a little bit more proven track record than he's had just yet. But I mean, I like the signing a guy who can get after the ball and and rotate in. And I mean, because we still have Taven Wilson on on contract, right? Taven? Yep. So we got some we got some safeties. So we have him for now. He's still debating if uh, they'll cut him or not, just because they could save so much money. But right mm-hmm. now he's still on the roster. 
So I mean, yeah, I like I like it. Guy gets four interceptions and limited snaps in a season. Oof, nothing to complain about there. Very worst case scenario, he gets beat out of camp or something. Who knows? And then the Lions bring back uh, Marcus Cooper. Now this is just a one year yeah. contract. It's a really cheap contract. Um, he, you don't even know if he'll be on the roster and through camp. But nah. th- as a guy they knew, guy that kind of played decent on special teams at the end of last year. So they're just giving him another shot. This guy came from the Bears in the middle of the season last year. I was gonna year. say, didn't we pick him up late? Like, yeah, it was it was pretty late. Ooh, Snell ran a four six six by the way. Yeah, that's like a seventh round pick. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, um, I yeah, think he's projected I mean, so to go like fourth or that's fifth. That's fine. Bringing a guy like Cooper, just he'd probably be special team fodder anyway, more than anything. But uh, I mean Coleman, I I'm not sure if they, what they're visioning for him just yet because I know everyone's assuming Nickelback, but he played outside for New England. Actually, I saw it earlier. It's uh Gordon Melvin something Melvin from the Bengals. We brought in today. He's like a six-two cornerback, Rashawn Melvin. He came uh, for a workout. Oh, he's coming for oh, a yeah. workout on Wednesday. Yep. And he's 6'2". But he sounds like he's even worse than uh, our boy Nevin Lawson that we cut. He gave up like 600 yards and four touchdowns or something like that last year. So yeah, anybody associated with plays. anybody associated with that Bengals <laughs> defense last year is not enviable to get on our team necessarily. Vontez Perfect also got cut today. I don't know if you're a fan of his or not. I was uh, He's kind of a wild intrigued card. by him coming out of college just because his size and speed numbers were very impressive. But uh, I mean, he's been a pretty decent linebacker, but he's no more for the headlines and uh, causing trouble on the field Yeah, than his actual play sometimes. I mean, other than Marvin Jones, I probably don't want to dip my toe in the Bengals pool too much. Um, One more notable thing I want to get to here before we get move on to a different topic. Um, Golden Tate getting signed by the Giants – Four yeah. years, $36 million. This is after that wild Odell Beckham trade to the uh, Cleveland Browns. So they they pay Odell Beckham $90 million. <laughs> they get, they make him do a signing bonus for $20 million, and then they trade him away to Cleveland one year later. I mean, it, it's insane. It's li- I, That's almost unheard of. Cleveland didn't give that much to No, they gave a first and a third, but for like a top three wide receiver in the league, that's right. like almost nothing. Yeah, oh, and Jabril Peppers, <laughs> who's oh, basically no. a, a a good special teams player. So. I didn't hear about the third. I didn't really. I just heard Jabril Peppers in the first, but still, that's yeah. For they're probably going to draft the best receiver they could get anyway. And the the Giants are taking a twenty million dollar cap hit on the year too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, man. Uh, but Golden Tate going to the Giants, so he's definitely not coming back to Detroit. If anybody out there, Poor if, guy. If, and if nobody remembers, the Lions traded him. One game behind in the division for a third-run draft If pick. no one remembers, <laughs> then you're not a Lions fan because that was a very infuriating week. Yes, yes. And shocking, really. I mean, oh, I mean yeah. just uh, – Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about it late yeah. on this podcast, and it's time to move on, I guess. We have that third-round pick. It might be the best – you know, it might turn out to be one of the best things that, that, he did, that uh, Quinn did because it was so shrewd, and, you know, he just saw the writing on the wall. But – I, I suppose. Um, th- the bad thing about that is that they're not picked to be as good as initially thought because the Eagles were not really in the playoff picture at that point, and they got some help to get to the playoffs and actually won a playoff game, so that pick ended up not being as great. Yeah, well, we'll see what they do with it. Because I, mean, I think it was down to two teams, the Eagles or the Patriots, and they decided to take the Eagles' third-round pick because they thought it would be better, which it was. It ended up being better, but not, to, not as significantly as uh, – initially thought and i'm wondering if they knew if where that third round ended up if the lions would still have taken that trade or not i think they would have i think they were i think it was a move that uh that quinn just was looking to get done because he didn't think the season was going he i think he thought you know what well maybe we'll still go somewhere but we need to dump this contract before he hits free agency or not dump his contract but you know uh, make a move on from him while we can still get something in return how many times have you heard Lions fans complain in the past how we let guys walk in free agency, <laughs> and it's like we let them walk and we got nothing? Like you and Dabin can sue. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine what we could have got if we trade him midseason? Yeah, we wouldn't have. I think we had a we had a pretty good year that year. But anyway, yeah. Um, I mean, so speaking of free agency, I I just want to mention two things. First of all, the Lions, after all these signings, are still top ten in cap space. 
Um, they have $29.45 million left in cap space, nice. which is pretty good. I think part of that is because they backloaded some of these contracts. And I was talking to my buddy, and yeah. Bob Quinn, um, without getting super into the details, is doing some interesting things, I guess, with his um, contracts because the CBA is up, and there's going to be some new rules that kick in. Now I don't know all the details of that yet. He's anticipating some sort of uh, further increase in the cap and stuff. You should always account for that, I think, just because every year the cap seems to go up ten million dollars. The NFL is just making so much money; it's ridiculous. Crazy. Um, Just in contrast, the number one team right now in cap space is still the Colts with seventy-seven million dollars. Have they made any big signings? They signed a couple of their own guys, no, nothing major, which yeah. is kind of crazy to think about. But Yeah, with all that cap space, you think they'd try to make a move to really make that next jump because they were a pretty competitive team down the stretch and they had a lot of good young guys. Yeah. So some of the top free agents still left out there. Um, Dark Darquise Denard. I don't know if you remember him. A lot of people had him projected. Cornerback? Yeah. A lot From he- Michigan? Michigan State, Michigan State. State. That's right. Yeah. A lot of people were projecting him to go to the um, Lions. I forgot, like, I think was it was that? four years ago or so. Yeah, I definitely remember. Because that. he's he's now off his rookie contract and looking for his ah. first real contract in the NFL. Um, that would be an interesting fit. The Lions are still looking for a second corner. How's he been? Since Granted, he's he was on the Bengals, so I I I've not I didn't look up his stats to get the full picture. Maybe that sounds like a team that. If you're going to get someone from there, you can't hold too much of that season against them because <laughs> – Yeah, do you know who the Bengals' defense coordinator was last year? Wasn't it our boy uh, Caldwell? No, no. Uh, no Caldwell's boy, Terrell Austin. That's right. Never <laughs> mind. I knew it was someone from our uh, last – Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> and he got fired after eight games. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like he was working with a trash heap, so I, I won't hold that one against him too much. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that that's the same organization that brought over Hugh Jackson after he got fired by the Browns. <laughs> So what is wrong with them? <laughs> Take that as you will. Well, and they, they had a head coach that never won a playoff game, and he was there for 15 years. Can you imagine if the Lions had a head coach that was there for 15 years and never won a playoff game, how pissed off the fans yeah, would be? I think that's exactly the path we were going with Caldwell. <laughs> I think that was exactly what Quinn foresaw. And actually, him and Marvin Lewis, I think, are very similar style. Co- like, I think I could see them. Like players, coaches types? Yeah, players, coaches. They're going to get their teams to perform at a – at a decently admirable level and, like, have them playing just enough to be, like, somewhat winning football but not really competitive football to the point where they're going to make any push for a playoff, you know, yeah. run or anything like that. And that's that's what, you know, they, they never seemed like they were going to take another step under him, and that's where the Bengals have been for recent. I would say that's years. almost a fair comparison, except Jim Caldwell did have some a lot more success by getting to the Super Bowl with the Colts. But as your dad, UJ, um, yeah. has not failed to mention by any means is that Jim Caldwell – at fourteen and zero, decided to sit his starters to go fourteen and two and not go for the perfect season. Terrible. <laughs> um. So he another another guy out there. Now the Lions got Jesse James, who we love. Um. Uh, we like that signing a lot. Oh, another yeah. tight end out there. He's older. Jared Cook. What do you think about Jared Cook? He had he's had he had a he like remarkable year last year. Eight touchdowns, little led all tight ends in receiving last year, in terms of yards, not touchdowns. That was Ebron. Good to me. Wait, he's on the free agency market, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, that would be interesting. Sign two big free agent tight ends and just then, then you probably don't have to draft one even. Yeah, he's not known as much of a run blocker, though. That's a problem. But we, we Isn't uh, Jesse James supposed to be a bit yeah, good blocker? Well, yeah, Jesse James way bigger, definitely a better run blocker. Been part of a good run blocking system over in Pittsburgh I mean, for the last few years. We got we can have our Y, our y uh, tight end or whatever they call it. It's and then probably draft one more. Although Maybe, like a we can, round, though, then. it's almost like we're forgetting about Michael Roberts and how he's still on the roster. Well, he you know, flashed uh, in that San Francisco game. He definitely flashed a uh, little bit of what we were expecting more out of him, like some of right. the using that size. Well, his health um, has been his biggest holdback. That's true. I mean, he get, he can't get. How can you be consistently impacting games when you can't stay healthy? I mean, that's just unfortunate. But you definitely see what he's capable of when he is healthy and gets a you know gets in a little bit of a role. So I mean, I. I don't see then they're going to definitely give him another chance cuz he's still under contract on his rookie contract. He'll come out there and give camp to see if he can do anything this year, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're going to make a big move though. If they, I mean, if they sign a guy like Jared Cook, I don't think you're going to see too many more big moves at the tight end position for them. Maybe like a mid to late round draft pick is yeah. the right kind of guys there. And this draft is deep at tight end. Or we just go Hawkinson and then we just have a studly three three tight end ro- rotation it's kind of exciting 
<laughs> a little would be, bit. That would be interesting, actually. Can you imagine just the the sheer amount of height on the on the field there? Oh yeah. Because then Marvin Jones Ridiculous. would be the shortest receiver <laughs> yeah. at six two. Well, no, that would be um, Amendola. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just I, our little white guy, a little white guy receiver. Yeah, that's, that's right. You guys like you guys wanted Jace Billings out there I'm for your to can't be that like that Patriots type little white receiver that they've always had. I mean, I like the Amendola signing for what it is, but I would be more happy if we found someone that knocked him off the roster before season started. Honestly, I'm not that excited about it. Well, at four and a half million dollars, I think he will definitely be on the roster at the at the that's as the season goes. Probably a pretty good indication, but because right anyway, now he's the second highest paid wide receiver. On I the would team. like someone who's not thirty three years old to be our you know yeah, but go to guy. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you're not expecting him to be the lead receiver. We have Galladay no, and Jones for that. He's a third receiver, a guy that can pick up a first down every once in a while. Who gets open? Because Jones and and Galladay have both shown that they struggle to do that. I mean, they and hopefully. We'll see better from Galladay this year in getting separation. Though that he was, he doesn't need to necessarily. Neither does Jones necessarily. But we also have to take into account Amendola is like the first Patriots guy in the offense to kind of instill that Matt Patricia mindset. That's true. I like. I that. think that's definitely an added value. I like his locker room presence potentially. Because right now all those all those Patriots guys are uh, de- on the defensive side of the ball, which is great. I don't mind it. But you need a one at least one guy on the offensive side, and that's what I. There's I don't know if you need that. I mean, I, I, I mean, like we have Stafford. Theory, that's our that's our leader. But I mean, just another guy that's buying in totally on the offense. I mean, yeah, I get I get that whole like theory that we want guys to bring help buy in on Patricia's culture, and that's good. I mean, but I don't think that's like some rule that we need to get people in every position group or something in order for the team to buy into the Patriots' way or something. We don't need to. <laughs> become Patriots 2.0. But that, that is <laughs> what we are becoming in I, so many ways. In some ways. I still think there's going to be <laughs> some dis- distinguishing factors in the way Patricia approaches things. But, I mean. Well, there definitely is because we just gave Malcolm Brown $90 million and the Patriots didn't. So there's one big difference oh, right there. Did, or Malcolm, Malcolm Brown. Brown. Sorry, wow, we were talking about him earlier. Holy crap, this Tra- just in. Malcolm Brown signs Trey record deal with the Detroit Lions. The Patriots uh, just released <laughs> the Patriots just released Trey Flowers. I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you that was your whole theory, right? It was that uh we would invest in the secondary because that's how the Patriots did this last year. I mean, yeah. that was also just this last year. That could have been just available resources and who they already had like Trey Flowers on their team, but I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know. I, I I'm excited. I mean, Emma Dole's an all right player, and he's been really good at times in his career. He's just old, and, and hopefully he does bring in some of that attitude about the, you know, sort of hard work ethic that everyone's hoping for. So, we'll see. So, let me bring up another. So, we still need a good rusher on the edge, defensive end type. And I know. Flowers. <laughs> we, I know. I know. And you, you – you you have a hard on for Aquara so to be our like our I, starter. I have a hard on. It's like a half mask. <laughs> but I mean, no, no. But Justin Houston, I think, would definitely be an upgrade. And I w- I would imagine he'd be well, looking for around eight to nine million. And at so you're talking about signing a big name D ed- a rusher and an edge rusher. Yes, he, he's more of a linebacker type too, right? Yeah, but. Yeah, because he's played in the three four system in Kansas City the last few years, and he's and he's done a really good job. Let's just he's talk a little bit for a second about what we understand an edge to be, because it's it's something that's been kind of thrown around a lot lately. Because ever since they made it a distinguishing position, edge, you yeah. know, before it used to be three four outside linebacker, and then you'd have you know inside linebackers and a three four were closer to what a four three a four three linebacker. So would what do you like. think an edge is? So I think an edge is sort of a hybrid pass rusher who typically exists on the th- outside linebacker position of a 3-4. You see Von Miller, uh, Clay Matthews, Mack, those kind of guys are all edges, but they're closer to, like, linebackers than DNs. Well, Mack, I don't know. He might be more like a line, uh, DN. But, and then you, but you also can have the other side of that is, like, an, a line – he's, cl- like, a, our guy – Flowers, he's more like a DN that can drop into cover sometimes than like a line. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's in the same category considering an edge rusher in a four three. So he'd be like a four three outside linebacker, but he's more stout than most. Yeah. So let's just compare two guys at the, each position. So sure. one, um, Lo- Lawrence uh, on the Cowboys, 
He is a oh. D end. He's a four three guy. He's gonna line up outside, put his hand in the ground, and constantly yeah. rush off the edge. How big is he? I I don't know his size and weight off the top of my head, but okay. he's definitely a four three Rod Marinelli defensive yeah. end. A guy that's always gonna put his hand in the ground, rush off the edge yes. no matter what. And an edge guy is like as you describe a Von Miller type, a guy that's gonna probably be mostly in a two point stance, coming off the edge. And occasionally drop back into coverage, but they can also put their hands in a three point. You know, they're they're flu- they're players. They're more versatile. Yes, they're more versatile. More versatile. Typically, they're a little bit smaller than a four three D end. Yeah. Whereas Trey Flowers is shorter than a typical like Ziggy Ansah, not an edge D end. But there are examples of guys like that, like uh, Clowney and stuff, who are are D ends, but they're just so athletically gifted. So. So so gifted <laughs> that that they can they can do the the edge thing outside of a four yeah. three so like and that's where I see that's what I think Flowers is he's the kind of and I mean Aquara is kind of like that he's 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 dropped in coverage there's some nice film of him doing that with the Giants actually a couple times where in space tackling guys but uh so I mean for instance last year we had one edge player well before we got Eli Harold and that was Devon Kennard. Yes. We then we just had a we basically used Aquara on the other side or Ziggy when he was healthy as just like the in their typical two three point stance D N. So it was like a weird hybrid three four like a like a I don't even know what like a four three. I don't even know what we did. It was a weird thing, they just made it work. <laughs> yeah. Um so just a, a couple other free agent names out there. Um I don't pre- I don't presume him coming back to Detroit, but how do you feel about Adavikin Sue? He's still out there. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I feel like Lions fans are uh, past him the now. Way, the way our culture, we're trying to do this culture shift and everything, and he's so mercenary and self-centered. I just don't see it. I don't. I mean, the guy's a hell of a player. He's, he's a, a monster. hell of a player. I feel like he he tears things up, and and maybe he won't. I feel like he fits in most systems, I've, and I've he's, he's 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 oh. to himself. He's not much of a locker room leader. He's never really physically. Been that guy. I have no problem. Like, if it was just like yeah, the physical manifestation of him on the field, I have no problem with. Though I did hear a story about him like making some like super arrogant speech in Miami when he got there, and their team was sucking, and he was all like, "I'm gonna be here in five years, and you all need to play like me." <laughs> that was crazy. I don't know. I just don't. I, I'm done with him. That's all I can say. Yeah, move past him. Yeah, and and the knock on him this year was that he kind of just coasted through the regular season and then turned it up for the playoffs. Mm. What well, it, it definitely came off that way. That's of for course. Sure. If we get him back, I probably would. Say, <laughs> <I assume>. <laughs> <laughs> definitely would would love to have his play on the field. Some guys I'm not as excited about, but still out there that are, that are big names. Um, C.J. Anderson. Uh, he kind of tailored off the last two playoff games there for the Rams. What does he play again? Running back. Oh yeah, yeah. He was on the Rams. He had he had a few good games and then he panned off. We don't need to talk about him. Um, safety Eric Berry. Um, he met with the Cowboys today. It looks like he's gonna go there. Has so he recovered. Pl- I mean, I, he was. He's always injured. He's only played yeah. three games the last two years. I mean, I mean one was because of illness. If this was I'm him not blaming out, him for that, but he. I mean, he had. He had uh, ankle problems and stuff this year. So. I don't blame anyone for their injuries, but I mean, yeah. Coming out of college, he was one of the hottest safeties prospects ever, and uh, it just hasn't been he hasn't been able to stay healthy enough to be reach his potential. So I mean, I'd rather not feel too much of that. Um, another receiver, I was ca- I was kind of hoping the Lions looked at more, but um, they already signed uh, Amendola. Uh, I almost did it again. I almost did it again. You want him to be <laughs> the same guy? <laughs> um, Randall Cobb. I always liked Randall Cobb on the He's Packers. Always torn us apart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but the Cowboys are also looking at him as well, especially because they just lost Cole Beasley. How old's he now? But he would excite me probably more than Amendola does. And then one more name, I I wouldn't mind at linebacker a little bit. Um, he was successful with the Patriots, not as successful with the Browns by any means. Collins, Jamie Collins. Yeah. Uh well, I don't know. If the, I heard the Browns might not use him appropriately. Plus, he also came off that like. I get my monster contract to leave my team, you know, and go to somewhere. But he also goes to a severely lesser organization, and who knows? You know, I, I could just see that. I feel like those kind of things are often bomb, and maybe a second-round free agent, might uh, he might do a little better now that he's gone through the process. Yeah, because once. Patricia was in New England when Jamie Collins was there. Which so should help. There's would definitely help. some familiarity there. Well, I would say if, if – 
if if we don't go after him, that's probably all you need to know about Jamie Collins. Yeah, Jamie Collins, two two thousand seventeen, one sack. Last year, four sacks. Uh, he definitely not what they were looking for necessarily out of that. He's 20, were they using him as an edge? Twenty nine years old. No, I mean he was a linebacker, blitzing linebacker. So I mean you're not going to get four sacks. Is pretty solid for a blitzing linebacker. Yeah, I, I think they were expecting more though, because that that well, was kind of his forte coming over there. Oh really? Like an inside blitzer? Yeah. For sack. Um. Well, four is pretty solid. Especially in a Greg usually, Williams defense. Greg Williams loves the blitz like crazy. So, well, I think they were just expecting a little more out of him. I mean, I don't know. But I, like I said, if, for the if, money they were paying. If we don't go after him, that probably tells you all you need to know. If Patricia doesn't want him, he would know better than anybody probably. Yeah, exactly. So we wanted to get to something else that we missed last week because of the big free agency signings. And we just wanted to go over some of the offensive prospects from the NFL Combine. Um. I have my list week, here of some of the top ones. Week combine, except for a receiver for the offense. Well, O-line has some guys. But. So let's start a receiver. A guy that way stood out um, amongst everybody, and at least from the wide receiver. Well, I guess there's two. I, I wasn't even going to talk about him, actually, oh, first. Really? Just because oh, I, know what you mean. I think DK Metcalf was more, um, the, I think uh, a lot of people were expecting a good workout out of him. But a guy that really, really impressed me was a Paris Campbell from Ohio State. Oh, yeah. He had blazed. Um, straight blazed a 40. 4-3-1, I believe. I believe it was something along those lines. Let's see if we can pull it up Paris here. Paris Campbell, 4-3-1. He also Jesus. was a top performer in the vertical. This is the guy, actually, if we're going to draft a receiver early – Second round, this is the guy I'm looking at. Six foot, 205. His vertical is 40 inches, and he ran a 4-3-1. Yeah, he was in the top five of almost every category. 135-inch broad jump, a 4.03 20-yard shell. I mean, this dude's a he's a athlete. Yeah, but n- a guy that I've mentioned on here before that I really like is Andy Isabella, also ran a 4-3-1. Man, oh, is baby. He, in your mind, is he there? Is he in consideration with your second pick? He would be a second-round draft pick. We'd have yeah. no choice. That would be the only chance we'd have to get him. Exactly. And he may, he might even be gone by that time. Either one of those guys. Too, I want someone who can take the top off the defense. Cause we Absolutely. haven't had that since, like, Calvin, pretty much. And and, and we mentioned him. Uh, I, I see this as a total, like, Raiders draft pick as DK Metcalf in the first round. He was there in the second, I take <laughs> Well, I think everybody would take him in the second they round. They all say, like, all he's going to do is run verticals. I'd have no problems putting him out there to run verticals, open it up for everyone else. Exactly, exactly. Hey, plus, he, he has the potential, if he puts it all together, to be a freak. I mean, he's well, he is a freak, but, I mean, to be a really good player, he's so he's big, fast, strong. Uh, I mean, what is it, 1% body fat or something like that? Yeah, he looks more like a D-end or tight end than it's, a wide receiver. It's insane. It's insane. I mean, a lot of Calvin Johnson comparisons. He's not quite as big as Calvin Johnson, which says a lot about Calvin Johnson in the first place. My God. How did we not win a playoff game with him? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's a catastrophe. Do you blame Calvin Johnson for retiring? I don't. blame him for retiring? I mean, it was a little disappointing. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to blame him too much because. We made the playoffs the year after. Imagine if he was there. Why do we have to be the ones. We signed all-time great players. <laughs> that retire early. That retire early yeah. because we <laughs> fail to support them and build teams that can get them to success in the We've arguably the greatest wide receiver and greatest running back to ever play the game. Yep, arguably <laughs> two best And one ever. playoff w- victory between the two of them. It's sad. Huh. D- DJ Metcalf, again, back on him, 6'3", 228, um, 34 and 78-inch arms. Calvin had... Two inches and like fifteen pounds on him. It's unbelievable. And ran only point zero two seconds sl- slower. I think like a four three five. Truly, truly remarkable stuff out of him. I think Calvin jumped three inches higher too. And one more um, wide receiver we wanted to mention. I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. Kind of a guy that really surprised me. Oh, and a guy that you and you Jay love, uh, Miles Boykin. Yeah, that how he had a really oh, good combine. Yeah, he finished in top actually. a lot. Um, you pointed out correctly. We talked about. Two weeks ago that his um, bench press was one of the – I think it might have been the worst at the time. I am not yeah, one, one of the worst. So he's, de- he's definitely got him. some strength to worry about. 
That's but a guy that can jump and catch, he has really good hands. I mean, we, yeah. we saw him in Notre Dame. Notre Dame literally half their offense sometimes just chuck it up to Miles Boykin. Yeah, he was their number <laughs> one weapon, and he he showed out with a four four two at six five. I mean, that's yeah, especially in the Midwest here. We Notre Dame's always on TV, so yeah, um, got to see a lot of him for oh, sure. Yeah, love it. Um, let's move on to a different group. That could add nicely to our height team too. Mm-hmm. With Galladay going up for jump balls and. He's faster than Galladay. Um, yeah, and like you said, this was a um, kind of a weak combine from the running back perspective. Oh yeah, but definitely just not last year. Some names I wanted to point out: Mike Weber, Daryl Henderson, and Snell uh, out of Kentucky. Because I know you really like him, but he only ran a four six six. Yeah, he only he ran a oh that's brutal. But yeah, I mean, how bad is it when the top thirteen has like a bunch of four fives in it for the <laughs> yeah. running back position? I mean. Most of them are in the four fives. That Justice Hill from Oklahoma State is the only one who ran a four four flat. Like, yeah, Mike Weber ran a five, uh, or he's five ten two eleven, and he ran a four four seven, which is you know per- it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's but bad. it's not you know elite. There's a lot of there's plenty of uh, functional speed shown here, but not nothing special. No, none of these guys are you know really separated themselves too much. Or maybe they did, like Justice Silver, a couple of the guys who hit the four fours because no one else did. Only like was it five guys? And it sh- it should be noted that there are a um, a few running backs that are, are going to be highly touted going into this draft that did not participate in the combine. L. J. Scott from Michigan State, yeah, Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma, and Bryce Love from Stanford. Who uh, Ooh, Bryce Love coming out of Stanford a year ago. Uh, not coming out definitely hurt his draft stock for sure. He would have been a first round draft pick last year, but now it's uh, looking more like a second round. I don't know. Last year, he was that was stiff competition though. That was a last year he's a Heisman candidate, and now this year he's uh, he, I, 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 nobody even watched Stanford towards the end of the season. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm just saying the only difference is last year was just the competition he was up against, like Saquon and and Geis and Carrion, and that was just a stacked running back class. I it mean. was so. But yeah, I mean, maybe that'll be the perfect kind of guy to grab, and uh, when people are forgetting about him. Oh yeah, and L- uh, Ronnie Anderson. This guy's got a lot of um, athleticism. Apparently, he he's been injured a lot at Oklahoma. That's what you got to worry about. I think he broke his leg one year. Mm-hmm. Um, pulled, did something with his muscle or ACL the year before that. So he he definitely has uh, troubled history in terms of. The guy I'm most excited for is the Lions guy was is Daryl Henderson out of Memphis. He ran a four four nine and he he looked like he had good instinct when I watched him in college. Uh, granted, there was a lot of it was a lot of spread, a lot of small boxes that he ran in, so really hard to get a full gauge, like compared to like when you're watching an SEC game and those running backs and things like that. Yeah. I like uh Dexter Williams a lot, which will surprise you, out of Notre Dame in like a, <laughs> a mid to late round pick. He really, I mean, when he came back into the, because he was, I think he was suspended for something early in the season, he changed the whole face of that Notre Dame offense. And I mean, he only ran a 4.57, but he showed such really nice burst. He looked way faster than 4.57 on the football field, which, yeah. which is what really matters. But I mean, He's also 5'11", 212. He's shifty. He can perform well in, in most things. But, uh, yeah, I like him. It was a late-round pick. Good size, you know, good solid size back that can share the load a little bit maybe. Yeah. So Get let's get burst. to the highly talked about tight end group. Um, the two most notable. Um, a lot of From the same school. From the same school. How insane is that? Imagine if Iowa had a quarterback against the <laughs> throw to these guys. <laughs> right. Um, Noah Fon ran a four five, which is pretty damn. T.J. Hawkinson ran a four seven, which is what I expected for a guy that size and not a problem at all. Uh, Noah Fon's definitely four five for the tight end elite. What he isn't like didn't uh, Gronk only run like a four six nine anyway? Yeah, he ran a four six nine. So yeah. Hawkinson's getting a lot of Gronk comparisons. The only, di- I mean, Gronk is. Got what? He got like three inches on. Oh no, he's only got two inches. I thought. Okay, yeah, four, six, five, a little shorter than Gronk, probably a little lighter too. But I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean all that much if if he's got good technique and strength. He blew up the vertical though, thirty-seven point five inches at that size. 
Hawkinson? Yeah. Yeah, Noah Font ran a 4.5, 20 uh, reps on the bench, 39.5-inch vertical. Wow. But how does Font beat the better, the blocker in bench press? <laughs> Hawk only did 17. Maybe it's those long arms. I don't know. Yeah, Noah Font 6'4", Hawkinson 6'7". So that definitely could be a factor as well. No, Hawk is 6'5". I'm looking at it right now. Oh, he's 6'5"? Yeah. Oh, my mistake. I know. I thought he was like. So that's why I'm, his height's not necessarily as elite as like Gronk, but uh, I mean six five is obviously not short. No, <laughs> and, not by uh, any means. And that's as what was Fourier six six? That's plenty tall. No, Fourier was six seven. Oh, he was. It was six seven or six. Eight. Yeah, I'm pretty sure six seven. But yeah, he was tall. Long live little Rufio, right? Yeah, right. That was <laughs> it. Was fun for those little. That short little span when he put up all those touchdowns that one year was awesome. Too bad. Wait, and he did the didn't he do the Carlton or something the like Carlton, that? Carlton, right? he did yeah. all those dances. And yeah, he was fun. I know. Too bad he had to be a goof at home and break himself. But didn't it come out? Wasn't there a report that it wasn't the dog after well, all that time? Well, there was time? a report that it might have been like a lie, but I don't think it ever got like conclusive on what the <laughs> real story was. But that, I think he might have been covering his ass a little bit to try. I to think not, so, uh, man. That's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that was disappointing. <laughs> you shouldn't be getting hurt like that. Oh, freaking pro athlete. So Joseph Fourier, Sam Martin, really good friends. On uh, one I steps on a conch shell. <laughs> Sam Martin. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my god. And just had an awful season. Yeah. And then uh, that was two years ago. And then um, Lil Rufio with Joseph Fourier. Yeah, Do, maybe they both conspired to just uh, – may, maybe something happened there where uh, <laughs> they both just made up a story. Yeah, Who knows? They, were, they probably were getting some shenanigans. Steps on like, a damn conch shell. Dude, I don't think we could tell them the truth. Why <laughs> I stepped on a conch shell. Uh, I was chasing my dog. <laughs> um, Other top tight end prospects I wanted to mention as well. Irv Smith out of Alabama. This is definitely a receiving tight end for sure. Yeah, he's like a, almost he, like an H-back. He's only 6'2". Yeah, he ran a four five three, which is damn good. Six two two forty two, a uh, thirty two and a half inch vertical only, so significantly less than a uh, font and even Hawkinson at that point. It's always weird how those things like what they're supposed to correlate with like your explosion if you can jump higher, but obviously he's not hurting for speed because <laughs> yeah he's flying at the combine. Yeah. So I mean. Um, a couple other tight ends I want to mention. Caden Smith, this guy I really liked. I watched him at Stanford, uh, especially in the goal line. They would just throw it up to him, and he would he would use his body really well to box out and just go up and grab the ball. Um, he's six five, two fifty five. So I mean, no, nothing. He's like a third, fourth round draft pick. What did he run? I don't even see him running. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, that's not he a ran good a four sign. Nine, he ran a four nine two. That's Ugh. why. Is he going to play O line? <laughs> um. Jace Steinberger as well at Texas A and M. I I wouldn't mind us drafting either. It, it's a pretty good tight end class. Six four mm-hmm. two fifty one. Um, he's he's just known as a solid. A lot of these tight ends are not known as bad prospects. So there's definitely some mm-hmm. value there in the third and fourth round, which is I think definitely where Bob Quinn is looking to draft a tight end. I'd be shocked if he didn't actually. Yeah, I think he's gonna want to address it. I mean, short of making a move like you were talking about for uh, Cook. But uh, even then, I'd still say like a mid to late round, like more like a late round then. But they might reach a little higher for a tight end now, as it stands. A yeah. guy like Herb Smith, though, I mean, he was a he's a weapon though. With uh, he was a weapon at Alabama, he was underused probably there. Yeah. So let's get to the blast group on the offense, and that's the offensive lineman. Did any offensive lineman stand out to you at this combine? Uh, I mean. You know, this isn't exactly the a place to look at. Like, O-line, this is, like, the least correlated yeah, like, I agree. thing for them. I mean, the field drills are probably where they get the most, like, for footwork and stuff. And I, I honestly didn't watch much of that this year. I mean, but there were some really impressive 40 times. Uh, this dude from Eric McCoy from Texas A&M ran a 4.89. I mean, that's ridiculous for an O-lineman. 489 at 64 303 pounds. That's going to get be like him getting hit like a Mack truck. Yeah. But uh yeah, several actually several D-line or O-linemen ran in the 49s, which is four guys did to be specific, but uh um, there's two definitely top offensive linemen prospects. Uh Jawan Taylor out of Florida and Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams ran a 4512, which is solid. 
Yeah, as long as it, you know it's not um like f- six seconds or something. Yeah, who's the guy? Um, he he was out Oklahoma the tackle last year. Last year? He, yeah, he ended up going to the Ravens. Actually, he had like a really really bad combine. I don't know why I can't remember the name off the top of my head right now. But he's a he was a tackle out of Oklahoma, d- projected to be a first round draft pick, ended up falling like late second. He actually ended up being a bad tackle for the Ravens this year. Really? Um, yeah. For the life of me, I cannot remember his name. Forty times shouldn't matter for a lineman too much. No, but he had like I think he only did like twelve reps on the bench. He ran like one of the. He, I think he ran the slowest forty time of any um, O lineman in the combine history. <laughs> he yeah, I mean, he's a big yeah. lug. But he, that he was surprising. This is why the combine can hurt you as well, and why some of these guys maybe so. Oh yeah. When you're that high at the draft pick, yeah, um, especially for like a, a position like that too, where it, what does it actually really gain you? Like as an old lineman, you're not. Oh, I ran really fast. But yeah. Did I look? Do you think the Lions? Do we go old line in the first round? No, I don't think so. I don't. Cause it, you still think we're gonna go defense somewhat? I mean, yeah, just the way the talent's stacking. I'm, I'm a big believer in really in, in best player available with, like, only some, like, uh, constrictions to that mantra where, like, you know, I, even, I mean, only very limited constrictions because, you know, if you're sitting there and the best quarterback comes out and he's just, a, you know, stud and you already got your quarterback, it's still probably going to be worth it to just take the best player unless there's someone comparable enough available. But, I mean, like, like look at the Vikings and Adrian Peterson, they they had a they were expected to have a really good run game that year before they picked up Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. at like eight when everyone passed on him because of that his injury. But like, I mean, when there's a guy that's really good staying there, but I don't even see any old linemen that are going to even be like in that realm compared to all the defensive talent. Even like Hawkinson is going to go before all the old linemen, I think, short of people who are desperate for the position. There is one guy I really like, and he's he's projected to be like a late first round. Um, his name is Cody Ford out of Oklahoma. I really like this guy. Um, he's six four, three thirty, ran a five two one forty, so nothing bad there. Twenty reps. That's really good at three forty. Holy crap! Um, th- this guy, uh, he played at Oklahoma. He played right guard, and I, I, he would he would plug in perfectly to Lions offense, in my opinion. So I wouldn't hate. That pick if it's some if the Lions if the Lions are able to trade back in the first round I think that'd be a perfect match in the late first round kind of where we drafted direct now last year and right guard is our biggest need right now on the line yeah I, I still think I'd like I still don't get why we didn't play Crosby at all at guard at the end of last season he didn't even get uh, practice reps all year at the position I find that weird I find that like with him and all that versatility stupid. that Quinn uh, preached but it's like why not assess what you have? Like, that's what that is. I was actually frustrated by that with some other players last year. I felt like we should have been tr- kicking the wheels on some of the younger guys, but I don't understand why you didn't even see what you have there because he's got the build for the guard, right guard. You Absolutely. Know? Like, he's, he's I, I'm totally agree. Spot. So I'm I don't totally know agree. why. He looks like a phone booth, like born to play in the phone booth. Like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking there. So we'll see what that is. But, yeah, a good first-round guard. I would not be mad about that, especially if it was like a way like a trade back in the late round and had a lot of other draft picks gathered from it. So that would be yeah, I'd love that. You see what that dude uh how do you say this? I Ayasua Opita. He did thirty nine bench. Oh macro. Wow. He tore he tore up Where's he from? Combine actually. Weber State. I don't know. He's Weber, a redshirt senior. He ran a five zero two 39 bench press, 33-inch vertical. That's, mean, how, that's how you get noticed from school, like uh, Weber State. I mean, 6'4", 301. <laughs> at least on national level. Isn't 9, nine uh, inches, 9 and 7 eighths inches hands? That's pretty good size, isn't it? I can tell you my hands are not 9 and 7 eighths inches. Yeah, he's pretty big. <laughs> I mean, yeah. his arms are 33 and a quarter. I mean, this dude's built right. So, I mean, he definitely... I guarantee you he stocked up in this. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a classic, like, third-round draft pick. Like, early. Like, third. Warford was for us. Yeah, exactly. That was that turned into one of the best picks ever. Yeah. But, yeah. It's sad to watch him on the Saints and then dominate on the offensive line. <laughs> Too bad we couldn't have retained him and got Wagner and just had that be our right mm-hmm. side of our line. Just, of course, not knowing that Lang would go from becoming an Iron Man to being, like, a – 
uh, made of glass, but yeah, that would have been nice to have kept him. But it is what it is at this point. It is what it is indeed. But yeah, I haven't I haven't been looking too close at the O line this year. I mean, that Jonah Williams from Alabama is, is up there as one of the top prospects, right? And I don't know. I mean, this it's not my priority for this team right now, and I also don't think it stacks up talent wise to where we're going to be picking. So I just haven't really looked too hard at it. So I n- I know you're you're not like much of a, a better type, but uh, <laughs> there was. Can you guess what the Lions' Super Bowl odds are oh, right just, now after all those free agency signings? I, I don't need to guess because I actually read the article earlier today. Oh, you read? Oh, you saw? How it hasn't budged. <laughs> We're still 80 to 1. 80 to 1. That's third <laughs> worst in the league. I love it. I We're going to get a lot of blue Kool Aid this year, brother. Heck yeah. <laughs> that also means way better uh, return on any bets that they win the Super Bowl this year. I love it. I, I love free money. Right, like especially that much free money. Hundred dollar bet there. Makes what are they not seeing? What are they not seeing? I, don't know. I think they're. I uh, my bet. And here, here's what I would say. If I was an outside observer, and this is, uh, you know, this isn't fueled by a lot. Forward down the field, a charging team that will not yield. And when the blue and silver wave, stand and cheer the brave. Rock, rock, rock. Go hard win the game, with honor you will keep your fame, down the field and gain, a Lions victory, go, go. go. Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.